0: Kia ora and welcome to Family, Fano and Disability, a podcast brought to you by Parent to Parent New Zealand. We are here for the many Kiwi families out there caring for a disabled child or family member. We know the journey caring for a disabled or a neurodiverse child is not an easy or a straightforward one, so this podcast is a place to explore the issues that affect us, to share stories, swap tips and even have a laugh or two. We would love for you to join us each month, so make sure you subscribe. Please also be aware that the views shared are those of the individual and may not represent the views of parent to parent.
1: Welcome to Connect, Inform, Support on Free FM 89.0. Brought to you by Parent2Parent, the not-for-profit organisation supporting families and whanau of babies, children, teens and adults with any type of disability or health impairment. Welcome to Connect Inform Support, brought to you by Parent to Parent on Free FM 89.0. We're talking to Anne Wilkinson today. Now, Anne has been involved with Parent to Parent for a long time. She started as a volunteer, a support parent, service manager, and then ultimately as chief executive for 12 years. Anne is joining us shortly, but also in the studio, we've got Jackie Stokes. Jackie is a support parent, and we'll be learning just what it takes to be a support parent with Parent to Parent. Connect inform support is the name of our program and um, that's what it's all about at parent to parent. Now today we're having a look at the organization from when it began and we welcome to um the studio Anne Wilkinson because Anne you have done everything <laughs> at parent to parent a former CEO. welcome to the program. Can you tell us when parent to parent first started?
2: Yes it's well it started in nineteen eighty three the concept was brought back to New Zealand by um, Ray Murray and Gary Hornby, who at the time were worked at the Auckland College for Education, and they were at a conference in Perth. While at the conference, they met up with some people who had who had got involved with the newly formed parent-parent in the United States, and that's the really where the models come from, and that's the big was the beginnings of it. They came back, talked to some parents who they knew. Um, one person in particular, Linda Davies, who had a child with um, with a health condition, and ended up assisting Linda and the group of parents to set up the first group of parent-to-parent in New Zealand. The concept of um, family supporting families was something that they really, really loved, and it was something that was ne- had never been available in New Zealand before.
1: And how did you get involved? Well, my involvement
2: started in 1989, when I attended a course which was run by parent-to-parent here in Waikato and it was for families who had children with newly new diagnosis um, who just recently discovered that their child had a diagnosis. The following year I applied for a five-hour-a-week position as local coordinator here at Waikato, parent-to-parent Waikato and um, I was Pleased to be successful in that and then pretty soon after me starting I did some training and became a volunteer support parent.
1: And what makes it different? What makes parent to parent different from other services? Well
2: parent to parent is it's really about a network of families and it's families supporting families, parents supporting parents, siblings supporting parents. It's it's a groundswell of you know of families coming together. Um, really quite naturally um, because they're the ones who are best to support each other. What the organisation does is support families through connection with what we call a volunteer support parent. Um, They're a parent who has a child with a condition been through a training programme and they're able to offer the listening ear that understands
1: and really knows how you feel. In the early days when parent-to-parent first started, how many support parents did you have? Because now there are around 600 support parents. Yep, that's right. Uh, Well, it it grew fairly quickly. Um, The organisation grew quite
2: quickly, and and really the organisation was made up of support parents, so, you know, it started from a very small number. There was probably, I think there were about 18 people in Auckland in the first group. And then as Tauranga started soon after, followed by Waikato and the Manawatu, then the numbers jumped up. So really, you know, 600 seems a lot. It is a lot. But um, the organisation has probably had four to 500 for many, many years Um Has had it for many years, and that they got to that number fairly quickly. So, what were the main services that were offered back when it first started? The main services are really the same services that it provides now. It was the support, the information service. The information service was developed in the first couple of years of of it of the organisation starting, and that was due to the fact that there was. No information for families that they could really understand. Uh, most things, that, most information that was out there was written for medical journals and textbooks, and so that was something that was really needed. And so, the organisation started researching and and making connections with overseas organisations that were able to provide information that was written for families. And how many people did you have at the very beginning working all this out? Well, really, there was a bunch of volunteer committees around the country in those groups that had started, the early adopters, and there was um, what was called a national committee, just a small number, about 10 people, 8 to 10 people, and so it was a bunch of volunteers. Two significant people in the early days were um, Shirley Wass, now Shirley MacDonald, um, who was the first national coordinator, or we now call it CEO, and Sally Duncan, who was the first national president. Together they travelled around the South Island, met with groups of parents, and really assisted them to start up groups down there. mean, within five to six years, there were 13 groups covering the country,
1: so it grew very, very quickly. It grew and changed very yeah, quickly. Yeah. yeah. So how, with the organisation itself, how has that changed over the years well I don't think it's changed heaps I mean
2: the work that happens hasn't really changed it continues and it's developed and it's updated for the for the modern world and, and modern preferences and, and just how New Zealand is at the moment or is now for every now that comes along and but the organisation itself has grown hugely in numbers and I guess the the most significant thing which happened quite a few years ago was that we you know we resulted in having a huge staff paid staff team which helped particularly um, as time went on and it became much harder for people to be able to devote lots and lots of voluntary time to the organization and so there's a staff team which operates throughout the country, so there's somebody paid in every area. That the organisation exists, in. and there's a, um, a, you know, quite a big team in in Hamilton at the national office who support the work of the groups around the country.
1: Have you got any thoughts on what the future holds for Parent to Parent? Just how, I mean, how big is Parent to Parent? Say, you, I mean, you talked about Perth. How big was Parent to Parent when? You started it here. How big is that? their organisation in Australia? In, oh, no, it's in, it's in
2: the States. Oh, mainly, okay. yeah, Sorry, yeah. They, I they went to <laughs> Perth and they met some people from the United States. Oh, yeah. I see. So it's yes. the United States which is the yeah where it's come from and where it continues and, and really is kind of like the international kind of overseer of, of the work that's done around the country um, or around the world, I should say. The, in, in the in the states, there are there's a, an overarching parent to parent USA, which is a, a, a committee or a board that oversees all of the parent to parent groups in the states. And probably each each of the states that has a parent to parent group, their group would be similar size to parent-to-parent New Zealand, so New Zealand kind of fits in into the picture in that way, size-wise, and that's because of our population, but in leading the work we've been really quite significant. Uh, the, the training programme for training volunteer support parents, that came from New Zealand, or that idea came from New Zealand first. We've gone on and developed a sibling support program which is you know because this is what our kids said they needed and it became very clear that they wanted something for themselves to help them to handle what was happening for them in their situation and um, and they've seen that and yeah so so we, we've done things more probably more things than what's happened in the United States in a lot of ways yeah a lot of um, the work we do is, and particularly in the regions, which is very important work, which is about really connecting with families and really supporting them. It's just kind of ordinary things like family get-togethers and family supports where you can go along, you can go along for a weekend or a day, a fun day or something with your family, with all your family members, or feel included basically. You feel that your, your member, your, your child is also included because everybody understands. Um, So there are those things that are very, very important,
1: which we do in New Zealand very, very nicely. Nearly 600 um, volunteer parents, how many do you think you really need in a country this size? Well, we need them and we need more. The, The fact is that
2: because we have a very small population, some of the conditions that people's children have are very, very rare. It might, it might only happen twice in a generation in the world, for instance. So, you know, part of else of what we do and why it's really important we've got connections with overseas organisations and parent-to-parent in, in the States is that um, to be able to connect somebody with the right person, we have to look overseas as well. So if somebody comes and their child has a very rare condition. what we're doing is connecting them with a the support parent who has a child with the same condition or something very similar so looking for that we're always looking for more people and then we've got the the conditions that are, are much more out there, what people have heard of, much more common, then we've got, of course, we've got more people wanting those. And so, and as I say, we have a volunteer base. The matching we do is, is very, quite, really quite precise and very carefully done to ensure that the best possible support is provided for the person wanting that support.
1: Are you still involved with parent-to-parent? Parent? Do you still...
2: Yeah, I'm I'm yep. still a support parent right. um, and of course I'm a member mm. because it's a member organisation it's a um, quite naturally an advocacy organisation and I'm still very much involved on that level I'm just really giving the voice of families in, in different forums um, Yeah. also recently I was honoured to be made a, a life member of the organisation which I think I hold very dearly yeah
1: thank you so much Anne for coming in and thank you so much for your time today because you've given us a really great background on on parent to parent where it started those small beginnings to what it is now it's just been a pleasure talking to you thank you thank you thank you parent to parent operates a parent support network for families raising a child with a disability or health impairment in New Zealand. Jackie Stokes is a support parent. In fact, Jackie is one of around 600 support parents around the country. We're really fortunate to have you here today, Jackie. Welcome. Thank you. How long have you been a support parent? About 15 years. Gosh, that's a long time. Yes. So how did you start uh, with parent-parent? What what made you want to become a support parent?
0: Well, initially I went to parent-parent to get support for my own son who has a disability and I was looking to get support and they suggested that I run another support parent and that's how I was introduced and we talked and from that when I moved to Hamilton – They had coffee groups here, and I went along to the coffee groups and got to meet other parents, and then from that I was
1: asked, you know, would you like to think about becoming a support parent? And um, as a a parent, how did you feel attending those uh, coffee mornings and talking to people who were having the same problems, the same difficulties, um, or just someone to share those even, you know, good times, bad times... How how important was that for you? It's really important because
0: you go along to school or kindy and the other parents, their experiences aren't quite the same as yours. So it's good to have someone else that you can... And you can talk about some things that other parents would just be aghast and they'd be shocked. And you can all have a good laugh because, you know... And you can also talk about the little milestones. You know, your child might start talking... At six, and so that to you is, is a really great milestone. But you can't really talk about that to other parents whose children started talking naturally, you know. One and and so that's that was the best thing about going to those coffee mornings is being able to share both the funny things and and the tragedy that you're having, you know,
1: as well. Mm. So then you decided to be a support parent yourself, yeah why did you do that you just wanted to help other other parents
0: yeah it it took a bit of coaxing to get me along because I was like oh I don't think I've got anything to offer and so it took a bit of coaxing and they got me along and um, and they just sort of said it was just talking to people like what you're doing at the coffee group and it's just more one-on-one
1: yeah so did you have training do you get the training for to be a support parent what what was that
0: So you go along for a weekend training course, and it's pretty intensive, and they talk about, um, you learn skills about active listening and about um, grief, and uh, it's just what services are out there to sort of steer people in the right direction.
1: Yeah. Do parents sometimes start off a phone call to you by saying, I don't know that I should be really asking this, or... This might sound really silly, but this is what's happening. And for me, I, I think that the biggest thing would be that, 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 the, that the smallest thing you think about but becomes huge in your head and you, could, you can get on the phone and say, look, this sounds probably really silly, but... And there you are to say, no, it's not silly at all. The smallest thing, you phone and we will give you advice, we will listen, and we've probably heard it before. I think that's sort of must be really reassuring to someone
0: yeah usually the conversation starts it's very they don't know where to start and they've often called because they have a specific question they want to ask so they've told parent to parent this is an issue I'm having and I'm looking for someone to relate to so it starts from there but then other little things can often come up you know that they weren't Oh, I didn't want to ask about this, or mm-hmm. and that's and the conversation can go on. Some of the conversations can last an hour. You know, you just start talking and relating, and you you give some of what's happened to you, and then that brings more questions out. Of oh yes, that's happened to me.
1: Do parents sometimes feel as if they should be coping on their own? That they they're feeling, um, yes, that they should be coping and not particularly asking for advice all the time or are our parents quite willing to admit they're overwhelmed and they need some advice um th- no, be-
0: yeah they, they don't really they think that oh you know we've, we're doing this and this and we think we're coping and then when you start talking and drawing them out you know then they start going well we're not really coping with this and you know, I'm having problems with this and that's when you can reassure them and say, Look, everyone's you know, I've been through it. People I've talked to, they've been through it, and it's natural to feel that way and um,
1: you know, so, um support parents are are sort of put together with parents with the same um you know, that the child has the same disabilities, or do you do you have parents with a whole range that you have to um, find out information for or a little bit with. of
0: both. Um, I've had parents with the same disability, and then I've had parents who have a specific issue that I've had, and it might not be the same disability, but a similar issue. You know, you know toileting at ten years old, and what sort of issues did you have, or you know, speech problems, and and so you can still relate, and and give them advice around mm. that, even though that's a different disability.
1: How do parents feel sometimes when they've uh, been to a doctor or a specialist and there must be so much information given to them? Uh, Do quite often parents get home and then completely, I don't know where I am with this information, do you get parents like that that they they feel overwhelmed with what they've been told? And it must be such a relief to be able to think, I'll ring Jackie, she'll know what to do. <laughs> she will help me with this. Do you get parents that are that are feeling overwhelmed with all the information that's, that's given to them at times?
0: Yep, they are very overwhelmed. And often um, there's a lot of information, they'll go on the internet, and there's a lot of information that's just wrong. And so you need to tell them, you know, you need to sift through the information. If you know um, good support groups for that specific disability, point them in that direction to get more specific information. Um, you know, sort of don't read everything on the, on the internet as truth. But there's also a sense of relief because sometimes parents have wondered. Like our child was diagnosed at two and a half. For two and a half years we were going, this child's not quite like our first child there's something a bit different, and it's for us. It was a relief to go, yay! We've got you know a label, and so there's that mixture of being overwhelmed with all this new information, but a sense of relief. Well, at least we've got a starting point of where to move forward from here.
1: And as a parent, how did you find out about parent parent? Um, I
0: was getting a um, a assessment for respite care. And the, the person who was doing the assessment suggested that I ring up parent
1: to parent. So would you advise parents to be a support parent? What what do you um, feel about being a support parent? Obviously, you've been a support parent for a long time, so you yep. you, you must feel it is incredibly worthwhile. It, it's
0: really worthwhile. You get to learn. You don't just learn about... well um, meet new people but you also learn more about yourself and so often you talk about yourself and your own problems as well to the person and say oh this is what we went through and it's a good time to reflect and think oh well we've done that that's you know a great achievement that I've done and you don't even realize
1: it until you start talking to other people. So do you still as a parent um, need to talk to um, support people? with a child that's growing because each year you're learning different things so do you still need to talk to as, people? Yeah. Or
0: I- as, as, as your child grows, our son's now left school so you know, as he was getting towards leaving school there was all those concerns about what happens next, where do we go and it was great to talk to um, parents who had adult children now who could say, well this is what happened to us and these are difficulties we've had and you know, even as your children become adults, you still have different stages they go through, and you can still talk to adults, you know, the, the parents of adults, and find out what they've done.
1: So, what would your advice be if there is a parent listening and they're thinking, oh, I really think i would quite like to do that but are still a little unsure about being a support parent what would you say to them
0: i'd still go along to the training the training is great and there's no commitment at the end of it that you have to become a support parent you can go through the training and then go oh i don't know that i'm really ready for this yet and and talk to the the people at the training and they will advise you and help you
1: yeah Okay, thank you so much, Jackie, for calling in today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Connect, inform, support. Join us next week on Free FM 89.0 for support and information from parent to parent. The program can be downloaded as a podcast and, of course, you can get more information on our website, parenttoparent.org.nz.
0: This has been Family, Farno and Disability from Parent to Parent. I have been your host, Johanna. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that you'll join us again soon.